I'm Jonathan and I've been preaching the kingdom since 2018. This is the Kingdom Dynamics Podcast, preaching the kingdom at all cost. I want you to know that the kingdom is within you. It's here. It has arrived. And you never have to wait for the kingdom of Jesus Christ to come. Hey, my name's Jonathan and welcome to the Kingdom Dynamics Podcast. And here we're excited to present to you the kingdom message that Jesus preached. And in the parable of the sower, which I call the parable of understanding, Jesus said that the seed that the Son of Man sowed is the word of the kingdom. So it's not just the word of God. It is very specifically the word of the kingdom of God. That's the message that Jesus Christ sowed into your heart if you received the word of the kingdom. Now, many of us have a perspective of church, of religion, of life. Many of us are into entertainment. We go to church because of the coffee, because of the donuts, because of the kids' uh, babysitting services. We have a feeling of connection with God and with man because of the community and because of all of these wonderful things. And I have no problem with going to church. I have no problem with a little bit of entertainment, but I do have a problem when we completely miss the message. And so today, why don't you just snuggle in, rest in, and just listen to what I have to say, because it might really help you in your life and in the life that is to come. I want to encourage you to listen to my previous episodes. More recently, I shared the truth, the revelation that we need to not only believe in Jesus or believe in God, but we need to believe Jesus and believe God. You see, the angels believe Jesus. They believe in Jesus. But they, one third of the angels, are chained in hell or in prison, technically. The demons believe in God and they tremble. So there's something, something has to really improve between believing in God and actually believing God. Do you believe Jesus when he says that he has the power to throw your soul into hell? Do you believe Jesus when he said it's better to cut off your hand than to sin or to pluck out your eye? I, be- I actually believe him. I believe what he said. And that's, that's a very big step up because Jesus is not just looking for believers. Jesus is looking for those who would obey him. He's looking for people who will follow him and never look back. He was very clear about that. And the message that he preached, the message that I'm preaching is the message of the kingdom of God. That's four words, the kingdom of God. And Proverbs chapter 2 says that we need to get understanding. We need to get understanding. Understanding is submission. I've just saved your life right there. Understanding is submission. You know, a child can go to maths class and 
they can read and 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 write and 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 pretend to be listening and then they might even be able to to write the correct answers and pass the test and but yet they do not understand maths to understand maths is to really stand under your teacher to submit yourself to your teacher and ask questions and say why are we doing geometry why how do i apply this to my life give me some stories some analogies some metaphors so that i can actually apply what i'm learning solomon said above all gain wisdom gain knowledge gain understanding and jesus christ is exactly the same in the parable of the sower he said if you do not understand this parable you how will you understand any other parable he also said that the seed that was sown on the good soil was the man whose heart understood the word so it's not just christians who have seed thrown at them it's christians and non-christians who allow the word of the kingdom to enter into their heart and to bear fruit. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. He said, you will bear fruit in keeping with repentance. He said to his disciples, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, remains in you, in you, you will bear fruit. You will bear, bear fruit. And in bearing fruit, you are showing yourself to be my disciples. So those who show themselves to be his disciples, those who bear fruit, those who actually follow him and obey him and love him, those who understand the word, those are the ones who have received the seed of the kingdom in their heart. Now, it's very difficult because most people have never heard the kingdom. They've never heard the message that Jesus preached. Make a note that every single parable in the Bible is specifically on the one topic of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a man. The kingdom of heaven is like a vineyard. The kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. It's like a lost coin, like a lost sheep, like a field. Every single message that Jesus preached was only and exclusively about a kingdom, which is a government. It is a government. It is a government that is resting upon his shoulders, according to Isaiah. It is a kingdom that is without end. It's the kingdom that was promised to David, the kingdom that was promised it is the Holy Spirit. He's the fulfillment of the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is the kingdom, according to Paul. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, according to Paul. So this kingdom is many, many things. And the kingdom is actually going to outlast heaven and earth. Because we know that Peter said that the heavens will be consumed with fire. And in a, in a mighty roar, the heavens are going to be consumed by fire and burned up. We know that Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. So the answer to the kingdom, 
the answer to eternal life. It's not to get into church. It's not to get into heaven. The answer to eternal life is to get into the word of the kingdom, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the king of the kingdom, and we know that a kingdom is a government. A kingdom is a country. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 1, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can even see God's kingdom, they must be born again. I want to encourage you guys to, to read the Gospels, to read the Gospels again from a kingdom perspective. Remember, in John chapter 3, John the Baptist is preaching a message. In John chapter 3, John the Baptist is saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then in chapter 4, Jesus continues on with the same message. The first message that he preached is, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus then spoke about the kingdom for 40 days in the book of Acts after his resurrection. He talked about the kingdom and explained the kingdom to to the two young men walking on the road to Emmaus. The kingdom is the message that Jesus preached. The kingdom is the message that John the Baptist preached. The kingdom is the topic of every parable. And unfortunately, that even when you do hear the message of the kingdom, we know that most of the seed falls on, on bad soil. The devil comes to steal the word of the kingdom. The worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke, constraining the growth of the kingdom. Jesus said that. He also said, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. Let's read that. That's Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. And they were sailing across the lake. Jesus repeatedly, 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 like Jonathan, <laughs> warned them, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast inside of Herod. Let's look at the NIV. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. What does that mean? What it means is that even if you've received the seed of the kingdom on good soil and you've received that seed into your heart and you've actually acted upon it, like that child who came under their teacher, like that child who submitted to standing under their teacher, asking questions, applying it, finding ways to apply it in their lives, even then, You've got to be on your guard against competing kingdoms. You see, Jesus said the kingdom is like yeast. What is, what is yeast? Yeast is something very small that grows and affects everything around it. It works its way through the dough. So Jesus is saying that there's a kingdom of darkness that operates and manifests through politics that's Herod, and through religion. 
So what I'm saying to you is that you can go to a good church, a great church. You know, wide is the path that leads to destruction. And many find it. Many will say to me on that day, Jesus said, Lord, Lord, and I will say, I never knew you. So what it is, is it's possible for Christians to be in church, but to have no understanding, to not know Jesus, to believe in him, but to not obey him, to believe in God, but to not know God. I pray today that you would do what Jesus said. He said, hunger and thirst for righteousness and you will be filled. You see, this is good news. The good news is that it's God's pleasure to give you the kingdom. The good news is that Jesus gives abundant life. But you've actually got to obey him. He said, if you want abundant life, you need to lose your life. You lose your life to find it. Even that Matthew 5 quote that I just spoke out about seeking first the kingdom and about seeking and hungering and desiring righteousness. That righteousness is a person. The righteousness that God gives is Jesus Christ. And to receive that righteousness requires that you consume Jesus Christ, that you eat him, that you eat his body and you drink his blood that you would have communion with him and that he would have communion with you. Now, he's already forgiven you. He's already forgiven the whole world. We just have to look at the Gospels and see that Jesus hung on that cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. If he could forgive the very Pharisees and Herodians who killed him, then he absolutely can forgive you. In fact, the Bible says that God is not holding man's sins against them. So you and I have been invited into a kingdom we are all invited. Everybody is invited. Everybody is called. But not many are chosen. Those who are chosen are those who are one with Him. What God is giving you is more than entertainment. What God's giving you is more than a ticket to heaven. He, he's giving you the kingdom. In Matthew, where it says, Ask and seek and knock and you'll find it and the door will be opened. That is, the, that is talking about the kingdom. He's wanting to give you sonship. He's wanting to give you identity. He's wanting to give you ownership. The Bible says that all that he has is ours, that all that we are is his, that we inherit God himself and that God inherits us. I want to encourage you to read 1 John again. Read what he's saying. What's he really saying? He's saying if you claim to be to know Jesus then you will be like him you will live as Jesus lived and you will walk as Jesus walked I'm Jonathan you've been listening to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast I pray that you take the kingdom and all of its dynamics all of its principles all of its manifestations all of its you know continually evolving realities the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is within reach. The kingdom is always now. You never have to wait for the kingdom. Religion and politics, the Pharisees and Herod, will always delay the kingdom. They'll always put it away from you. Jesus said, go and feed the hungry. You know, set those who are prisoners free. Speak the truth today. 
Today is the day of salvation. Father, I just pray for these people. Impartation of understanding. God, the greatest gift I could give them is understanding. Lord, the ability to to submit to you, to surrender to you, to fully receive from you, like standing under a waterfall today. Would they receive the kingdom? That's what Jesus meant, guys, when he said, let your eye be single. Let your eye be single. You're, you're only focused on one thing. You're focused on him. He said, he said, return to your first love. He said, seek first the kingdom. He said, love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Why don't you pray a courageous prayer today and say, God, I want you to consume me. I want you to, to take me and eat me as I eat you. Drink me as I drink you. Commune with me as I commune with you. As you draw near to God, God will draw near to you. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. It's reciprocal. Guys, it's reciprocal. Take one step towards God and he'll take one step towards you because he's already taken the first step. He's taken the first step by slaying his son. He's taken the first step by sending the Holy Spirit. He's taken the first step by giving you angels and visitations and the Bible and the written word and the keys of the kingdom and all things are yours, things present and things to come. And he said, ask anything in my name and it will be done for you. Our response is to acknowledge him. Our response is to praise him, to thank him, to we need to respond we need to respond to what God has already done by acting, by saying yes, by praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. You know, just find someone's bank account in your payee contacts and send them $10. Just find somebody and buy their lunch, buy them a coffee. You've got to move forward in life. This world that you're not of, the world that Jesus overcame, it is designed to stop you. It's designed to slow you down. Like Daniel was praying. It took 21 days for the angels to answer. But God answered him immediately. And God's answered you immediately. But it's through faith and patience that we inherit the kingdom. It's through faith and patience that we inherit the promises. So there are things that you want, there are things that you need that God's already said yes to, but you have got to act in this realm, in this fallen, broken realm, this slow realm where there's, you know, wars and rumors of wars and there's signs in the heaven and signs on the earth. This realm requires faith and patience. It requires process. Faith is the ability to see in the unseen realm. Faith is evidence of things hoped for. What that means is that you have already received it, but you've got to go through the process. Patience is exactly the same thing. You, you look in the mirror, you do exercise, you weigh yourself, you do exercise, you look in the mirror and you don't notice anything, but you're going through a process. And within six months, you've got a, a totally new body, but it's because of the process. Now, this is not a message about works. This is, an under, this is a message about understanding. You know, sometimes God will move instantaneously in the moment. But listen, he's already moved. He's already bled onto the streets of Jerusalem. He's already bled. He's already carried that cross. He's already 
risen from the dead. He's already seated at the right hand of God. He's already said to go. So why don't we do what he said? Why don't we just clothe the naked, feed the hungry, visit those who are in prison, you know, help people today? That is the way that you get understanding. Understanding is by reason of use. Timothy is told by Paul to put away youthful lusts, to, 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 to die to yourself, to be, be useful to the master. He takes, God takes, you know, vessels of honor. If you want to be a vessel of honor, you've got to be useful to the master. That means you're, you're actually believing in him and you're believing him and you're obeying him. Just do something today. Maybe you enroll in a course. You know, uh, Kevin Zadai has some great courses. Maybe you read the Bible every day. Maybe you start a book, a podcast, a ministry even just serving in church, I'm telling you, every action you take is going to cause reverberation in the spirit realm. That action can be to send up a prayer right now. It can be to praise God, clap hands, give somebody a kiss, give somebody $20, read the Bible, start start a church group. The kingdom comes in, in your activity today. In Jesus' name. It's not through works. What I'm talking about is understanding. Father, would you just give them understanding today in Jesus' name? Now, one or two or three of you are listening. You've got no idea what I'm talking about. I'm telling you what I read out. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you need to be born again. What I'm talking about is you are listening to me with your physical ears, but you're also listening to me with your spiritual ears. God has given every one of us a mind, a will, a mind to think, a will to choose, and emotions to feel in a body that walks. But he's also given you a spirit. And I'm not speaking to your mind. There are angels in your car around you right now because I am speaking to you as an ambassador of the kingdom. I'm speaking to you as one who is standing before God in heaven, but also I'm on earth. And I'm saying, repent. I'm saying believe in God, believe in what he actually said. Believe that there is a life after death and that you need to be made right with God right now, that every one of us, including me, have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory, the fullness of God. God wants you to have his fullness. He wants you to walk on water. He wants you to walk through walls. He wants you to have eternal life. He wants your eyes and ears to be open and for you to live forever as a God-man, as a king who reigns. So today, you've got to just decide now to say, yes, as you receive Jesus Christ, his forgiveness is his righteousness imparted to you. What that means is you give him your life and he gives you his life. That is the only exchange that he offers. That is the forgiveness of sin. It's actually your life for his life, your record for his record, your deeds for his deeds. So he takes all of your sin, all of your sickness, all of your debt, all of your disease. He takes all of your lack and he gives you everything that he has and everything that he is. And that is how you become one with him. It's a marriage. It's a marriage between the bride of Christ, which you are. 
if you believe in him and the Christ himself, Jesus Christ. When you get married, you own what your husband owns. When you get married, the husband inherits the wife. If she's sick, he inherits her sickness in a sense that he's going to have to carry her and look after her. It's his becomes his responsibility. So when you're married to Christ, you are going to get everything he gets, including suffering, including persecution, including being an alien in this world. But I tell you what, it's going to be worth it because you own heaven and earth. That's the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom is you own everything that God owns. And that's why I speak with authority. That's why I don't speak on my own. I don't speak what I want to say, but I speak what Jesus is saying. I'm speaking on behalf of my kingdom, my government. Father, right now, those who have been born again, open their eyes, Lord. Give them the miraculous experience that I had. And immediately, Lord, introduce them to Christians where they can go and be nourished, Lord, by, you know, um, community, Father God. You cannot do Christianity on your own. I'm te- you are part of a body. You depend one on another. If you've been born again today, you've got to find people who believe in God, people who obey God. Don't just go to a church that looks good or that you know has a lot of people on the internet giving it five stars. Go to a church where they look like Jesus, where they walk like Jesus, and where they talk like Jesus. Go to a church where they're going to love you. Now, nobody's perfect. And God might send you to a place for a season and then tell you to move on. You may even start your own church. But I just bless you in the name of the Father, and the name of the Son, and then in the name of the Holy Spirit. And I just declare that you will go in peace, and you will go in rest. Now your spirit man, if you've been born again, is alive. And like a baby being born, your spirit needs nourishment. It needs food. It needs to be drinking in and reading the Word of God. There's so many opportunities today. You can, you know, you can, uh, you can watch the Passion of the Christ. You can listen to the Bible on audio. You can um, buy a New Testament and read it through, and just wait on God. Remember, it's a relationship with God. It's not just an opinion about God. It's a relationship with God. He will speak to you. He will answer your prayers. Now, the only thing the devil can do is to try to get you back into your mind, to try try to get you back into this natural realm which you live in. You need to live in this natural realm. You need to eat food. But I'm telling you, if you build your spirit man, if you increase in your spirit man, your spirit will become dominant. Like mine. Your spirit will be more significant in your daily life than your body, than your emotions. And I'm just going to leave it there for everyone who is already a Christian, but for anyone who's not yet, who's just recently become a Christian or you've been born again on this very podcast. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. My brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, 
I refuse to come as an expert trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. For while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus Christ crucified. Woo! Hallelujah. I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with reverence for God and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. The message I preached and how I preached it was not in an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. However, there is a wisdom that we continually speak of when we are amongst the spiritually mature, that's you. It's wisdom that didn't originate in this present age, nor did it come from the rulers of this age who are in the process of being dethroned. Instead, we continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God, hidden before now in a mystery. It is his secret plan, distant before the ages, to bring us into glory. Glory, guys. Now, I'm just going to interrupt here and say, glory is the fullness of God. As I said before, Romans 6 says that all have fallen short of the glory of God, which is the full expression of God. But now that you have Christ in you, those who have been born again, you have the hope of the full expression of God. That's why you want to feed your spirit. That's why you want to seek first the kingdom. I'm going to continue in verse 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, the rulers of this present world are understood, and they understood it. For if they had, sorry, none, sorry, verse 8, none of the rulers of this present world understood it. For if they had, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. This is why the scriptures say, things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the mighty things that God has in store for those who love him. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by his Spirit. Yes, he has revealed us to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses, except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his Spirit, the Spirit of God. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might understand and experience the grace that has been lavished upon us. Guys, I'm going to leave it with you there. I'm Jonathan. You've been listening to Kingdom Dynamics Podcast. I really hope and pray that this would be an episode that you are able to share with your friends and that you're able to review so that you can make sure that you are in the kingdom and that you are seeking it first and that you're weeding out the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of wealth, the the choke the seed. God bless you. Bye for now. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I'm Jonathan here in Melbourne, sunny autumn weather. You might call it fall and beautiful sunny day, no clouds in the sky. And Jesus just gave me the title of this message, which is The Abundant Word. Now, you live in your body, and you woke up this morning, you live in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, according to 1 Thessalonians 5, and you live, hopefully, in your spirit man. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, talks about the spiritual man versus the natural man. Now, there is an abundance of the word. You know, you can open the Bible and and feast on the Word of God today. You can, you can prophesy over yourself. You can lay hands on yourself. And 
inside of the kingdom of God, there is no limitation. God can do anything right now. He can, you know, by the end of today, by lunchtime, before your next meal, you could have a church of 30,000 people, you know, meeting in a in the largest stadium in your city. It could happen in the next hour. God is unlimited. God can send an angel to to any president, any CEO, and tell them to call you now and to, to summons you into their courts via helicopter or whatever. There is no limit. You know, God can transport you. And so that's the message today is that they're really continuing on this theme of believing Jesus, not only believing in God, but believing God. Now, one of my ministries, one of my uh, uh, parables, one of my purposes in life is one of my calling is to expose the political spirit. Now, we've had many, many preachers who have exposed religion. You know, John Wesley, you know, Smith Wigglesworth and others, they have exposed religion, even in modern days. People like Graham Cook have exposed religion. They're, they're saying, you know what, I can preach without a tie. I can preach without shoes and socks on. I mean, I remember when Graham Cook came to our church wearing an, an earring and no shoes. He, he just w- wore socks. But he did it to provoke, <laughs> to provoke the demonic spirits. He did it to expose religion. Because sometimes somebody needs to turn up the heat. Like Jesus, you know, throwing over the tables, telling the Pharisees that they were a brood of snakes, saying things like, you need to drink my blood and eat my body. Now these spiritual words... They are absolute truth. And the devil does not want to come into the light. As John said, if your ways are evil, if your deeds are evil, you do not want to come into the light because your deeds are evil and because the light will expose your evil deeds. So you and I are manifestation of unapproachable light. Wherever you go, The demonic spirits are very threatened because you expose them. You expose the the evil and the ways of the world. And they know that their time is limited. They know that they're going to go to hell. They know that they do not want to lose the person who is hosting them. And so today you are the Word of God. But there is an abundance of the Word of God available and God wants you to come into the light. He wants you to eat His body, drink His blood. He wants you to meditate on the Word of God. He wants you to pray in the Spirit. But listen, when you wake up every day, you've got to surrender. You've got to submit to God and you've got to allow the devil to flee by imbibing and engorging gorging on the Word of God. Allow the Word to expand in your heart. You may put on a podcast, you may put on a Bible that is spoken to you, but you've got to start to feast on the abundance because it's there is an abundance of 
provision. There's an abundance of miracles. There's an abundance of, of the supply of the Spirit today. But what happens when you wake up is you are in your flesh by default. You are in your flesh permanently, and if you're not, you're with God. So you've actually got to decide to take ownership, to take rulership over your flesh in your spirit man. You've actually got to decide that you are going to be led by the spirit. You've actually got to, in a sense, overthrow your body and your soul on a daily basis. When Jesus says you need to deny yourself, that is an activity that has a process. And it's something that you need to continually do. If, if the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. Or when, for example, Jesus prayed, Lord God, not my will be done. Or when Paul said, set your eyes on things above, not things beneath. Every one of these four or five commands that I've spoken in the last minute, are you as a spirit man, say spirit man, you as a spirit man commanding your body and your soul. Paul said, I beat my body daily lest I be disqualified. He said, you know, exercise profits little, but, you know, righteousness, peace, and these other things are, I just read it last night, but it, it's, it, I can't grab it in my head. But it's, it's the spiritual things that have lasting benefit. I think Paul was writing to Timothy. So, it might have been one or two Timothy, where he says, you know, physical activity profits little, but spiritual activity, righteousness, these things profit a lot and they last eternally. So what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit is is amplifying and, and broadcasting and echoing to you today two things. Number one, that his supply is unlimited, but it's in the spirit man. It's not in your flesh. You cannot please God in the flesh. You cannot find God in the flesh. Jesus didn't marry Mary Magdalene and have babies. There is no genetic lineage of Jesus Christ physically on the earth. He is a spirit man. He lives forever inside of you. Yes, he came in the flesh, but he didn't have babies. He had spiritual babies, with, 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 which is the word of God sown in people's hearts. And there are millions of us around the world. So number one, you've got to go to your spirit man where the Word of God is. As Paul said, you have the Holy Spirit. You don't need anyone to teach you. You have an anointing from the Father. Jesus said, the words that I've given to you, you have them. And that you, they're contained within you. And they're going to grow. And the seed of the kingdom that's in you, in your heart, not in your body, is going to grow to become the biggest tree in the garden. So the message today is twofold. Number one. You are the Word of God, and the Word of God is in you, and it's abundant. But you've got to go to your spirit man. That's why you take your thoughts captive, according to Paul. That's why you cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Because you have got to determine to, to take action and to go through the activity and process of living out of your spirit man. Which means you don't do what you're physical body wants to do today, you don't think what your brain and mind wants to think, you don't say what your 
your will wants to say. You don't do what your will wants to do in your soul, but you do what the Spirit is doing. You say what the Spirit is saying. Part two of this message is exposing the political spirit. Now, I believe that I'm a forerunner in this. I believe that there are ministries on the earth, uh, such as, you know, Warrior Notes, Warrior TV, warriornotes.tv. There are ministries on the earth that expose politics, and thank God for these ministries. I bless them. If you see a minister of the gospel, if you see a minister of the kingdom who is giving you the kingdom, who's who's demonstrating abundance, who's demonstrating transparency, who's specifically demonstrating extreme generosity. So instead of coming to your church and expecting an offering, they're coming to your church and they're giving money to the church. They're they're giving money away. They're giving away cars. They're paying off houses. They're, these ministers are showing you their bank accounts. These churches have their bank statements available online. Not hidden behind a paywall or a process or some long, you know, statement of faith where you have to email the board to get access, where they pretend that it's transparent, but really you've got to jump through hoops and they keep it a secret. No, I'm talking about a pastor who has a live feed in their car, a church pastor who has the Truman Show in his house. He's got cameras in every room in his house, live streaming, so everyone can see how he deals with his children and his pets and his family. I'm talking about extreme transparency. I'm talking about extreme generosity. You know, where you know their bank accounts are available online and where you can see every dollar where it goes. Okay? That I'm I'm using that as an example because politics is designed to by Satan to be a middleman. In the same way as religion is a middleman between you and God that says that you need to go see a priest, you need to pay for your sins to be forgiven, you need to go do a certain ritual or act to be saved. That is demonic, that is satanic, that is religion. In the same way, politics is the same as religion in that it pre prevents people from accessing the king. So you need to go through the pastor, you need to go through the prophet, you need to get a degree, you need to pay a certain amount of money, you need to go buy this special Bible or get this special anointing oil from Jerusalem. All this stuff is, is a lie. Politics, like religion, is a spirit that would prevent you from accessing the kingdom. As Jesus said, woe to the Pharisees because they slam the door in men's faces. And I would say, you know, woe to politics because they prevent people from entering the kingdom. Politics would say that you need to um, to be a leader before you can be a pastor. You can, you need to be um, graduate from the particular college of the church before you're allowed to preach. But what if you're on fire by the Holy Spirit to preach? What about the Bible that says that you are an oracle of God? And everyone has a word and everyone has a message. So I'm not going to go into great detail, but I do want you to study the words of Jesus in Mark chapter 8, which said, and in all the other Gospels, that said, beware of the yeast of Herod. He didn't only warn against the Pharisees, which is religion, but he also warned against Herod, which is politics. Think of politics as the structure 
of man. Think of politics as the structure of the world system. In the same way that the Pharisees are religious and have a religious structure, they had the, the, the traditions of the church of the day. You had to wash your hands rather than really be clean in your heart. You had to give money and tithe rather than really give love and generosity. In the same way that the political system has a structure. The structure is the process of the world system. You know, you need to have a bank account. You need to pay Herod your taxes. You need to do all these things. You need A man can't talk to a woman. All of these structures of society that God just smashes them. The first person Jesus talked to when he rose from the dead was a woman. He had many women who gave financially into his ministry. You know, his, 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 his disciples were women as well as men. He broke down. The kingdom is not limited by religion. The kingdom is not limited by politics. The kingdom does not need the structure of this world system. The kingdom does not need the processes. Now, God might cause you to build a church in a stadium, and sure, you might need to pay $100,000 to hire it. God doesn't want you to break the law. So he wants you to submit to the government. But he does not want you, as kingdom ambassadors, to put barriers in between people and God. He doesn't want you. He'll he'll walk through those barriers. He'll smash those barriers. The angels smashed the chains that were holding Paul and Silas in prison. The angels removed and opened the gates so that Peter could leave prison. You know, Jesus pulled the coin out of the fish's mouth through Peter to avoid paying taxes and going to jail. So the kingdom will break through any religious barrier today. The kingdom will break through any political barrier today because the kingdom will never allow politics to get between God and man. The kingdom will never be a middleman. The kingdom will never have or need a middleman. There is no middleman in the kingdom. The God of Jesus Christ is our light. He is our light. He is our provision. He is our saviour. He is our sword. He is our deliverer. There is no need to create anything between God and man. There is no step. The only step is to, for you to repent and for you to believe. So what are we talking about? The only barrier is in your mind. The, the weeds, the, the, the yeast of, the Her- of Herod is your thinking. Jesus said, beware of the yeast of Herod. And beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. This is the way that you think. This is your worldview. Your worldview needs to become Jesus' worldview. Your worldview needs to become a kingdom worldview. That's why there is a benefit in teaching. There is a benefit in reading the word. Paul said to Timothy, devour the word. You know, consume the word because it's good for you. It's good for eating it's good for teaching it's good for correcting it's good for rebuking thank you father thank you for angels being released to implement the word that i've spoken today thank you lord god that you're going to remove like uh scales from people's eyes the 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 lies lord god of the of the kingdom of darkness god the the pharisees teaching the the herodian teaching in our minds lord is going to be dissolved today in the name of jesus in the name of jesus just allow the fire of god to burn today 
That is the secret to this Christian life. It's to eat his body and to drink his blood. It's to run into the fire and allow the fire to burn. Be like Abraham who took his son to the altar. Take your self to the altar today. Run to the fire. Burn on the fire. Don't be afraid of burning. Don't be afraid of being cut by the word of God and by the sword of the spirit today. Hand yourself in today. Become weak so that he can be strong, become strong. When you find yourself in your flesh, when you find yourself in your soul, go to your spirit by handing yourself in and, and, and putting yourself up against the wall. Even before you're at the end of yourself, make yourself at the end of yourself. Even if you're feeling good today, even if you're feeling like you're in the spirit, just say, God, I need help. There are areas I need help. There are areas of my life that are that are blind to me. There are some blind spots in my life. There are some areas that I don't even know that I need help. So even on a good day, hand yourself into God. Run to the altar. Approach the throne of grace with confidence, Hebrews says. But the throne of grace, you're going to find grace in times of need, but you're also going to find discipline because God disciplines those he loves. You're going to find that you can't approach the throne of grace without getting the fire of God on you. You can't approach in unapproachable light without darkness being exposed. And each each one of us has darkness in our lives. Each one of us has areas of our lives that need the light of God. It doesn't mean you're not born again. It doesn't mean you're not perfect in your spirit, but there are parts of your soul, there are parts of your mind, will, and emotions that need a dose of theophostic light today. And so I release that on you if you're willing. I release the light of Jesus Christ that would burn through your soul right now, burn through your heart right now. Remember, His Word is spiritual. It's not just reading the Logos Word of the Bible. Just invite the Word of God today. Just say, God, I want the Word of God to burn me today. I invite your Word, Jesus Christ, your spiritual Word, to burn my soul today, to burn my heart today, to burn my mind, will, and emotions today, to separate soul and spirit, bone and marrow, God, I come into the light today and I allow the light to shine. I allow the light to expose all darkness in my life, all unbelief, all doubt, all weakness. I want you to expose the light, expose the darkness with your light, Jesus Christ, and I eat your body today. I consume you, Jesus. Right now, I consume you, not with my physical body, but in my spirit, man, I consume you. And you might go and do communion today. I recommend it with your body. Go and take some communion, but it's a spiritual communion as well. So we drink your blood, Lord Jesus, right now. We eat your body right now. We come into the light right now. We allow you to change us right now, Lord, into your image. Transform us into the image of Christ until Christ is is made perfect and revealed in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, guys, that's been a fire hose message um, from Jonathan and from God. We bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Just a little bit of a word about politics. Like, think about these two realities in your life. You may have people who, let's just say you wear a lanyard to work tomorrow that says blood of Jesus Christ. Like a Let's say it's a, a bright red lanyard and it says blood of Jesus Christ and you wear that to work. Because I know people who wear their their coloured lanyard to work today. 
many people wear their own coloured lanyard to work with their colours on the lanyard. And nobody is is brave enough to say anything because it's not part of the official uniform. But you find that people wear their colours on their lanyard. But what if I were to wear a, a bright red lanyard that said, I drink Jesus' blood. Now that we're protected with freedom of religion in Australia, so there's no problem with that. And I don't think anyone could say that that's offensive to them because it's the Bible, it's the Word of God, and it's my religion. I'm protected under, under those constitutional laws. But I'm saying that as an example for you to see how politics is operating in your workplace, in, your, in this world system. You know, you can see a movie where they talk about Jesus Christ, you know, as a swear word. But why don't we see people on the news praising Jesus Christ and talking about the blood of Jesus Christ and drinking his blood on TV? Why don't we see the national news having communion and saying, this is the blood of Jesus Christ? Why are they allowed to swear with his name? Why, why don't they use the name of other religions? Why, why don't we see American movies where they are saying, you know, when they stub their toe, when they crash their car, they say, Oh, Buddha. Oh, Hare Krishna. No, why? Why? Why do they have to swear using the name that is above every other name? And that's why. The name of Jesus Christ is absolute truth. His name, he is righteousness. Blood of Jesus Christ is speaking. Nobody wants to, to hear the blood of Jesus Christ speaking if they have sin in their life. And so I'm telling you today, there is something going on right now about God is picking a fight with not only religion, but with politics. Okay, he's not against people. He's not against, you know, the black and white of the political parties. What I'm saying is that God and the kingdom is unlimited. 